0: This is the TSN MMA Show with Aaron Bronstetter and Bazooka Joe Valtellini.
1: Welcome to another edition of the TSN MMA Show. I'm your host, Aaron Bronstetter, joined as I am each week by Bazooka Joe Valtellini. And we've got uh, a lot to talk about, but not as much as I'd like to talk about because, of course, the main event of last weekend's card between Leon Edwards and Bilal Mohammed was sadly ended prematurely due to an unintentional eye poke. Uh, You know, a lot of talk about gloves and changing the gloves and all this, but I feel like this is the kind of thing that would happen uh, regardless. Like, this is the kind of thing that, that happens no matter what kind of gloves you have because people try to gauge distance using their hands.
0: Yeah, it's definitely a reaction. I mean, if someone, especially as a striker, if someone's coming at me, I need to post, I need to frame, so you put your hands out. I mean, even with the fingers pointing up. If I point my fingers up and the guy's coming on a downward angle, you're still going to catch catch the eye. So um, I actually heard GSP talk about it the other day with Helwani. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I think it's what he's proposing is right because I have put these UFC gloves on and it's like a natural reaction of your hand where the glove's so stiff that it opens it up. It forces your hands to open. Where if you had a glove that almost naturally kind of forced your hands to close, I think it would at least close the fingers down a little bit, maybe reduce a little bit more of the, the eye situation. But uh, I still think, like you said, it's inevitable. But I think these smaller changes could at least reduce the frequency of them. And I think that's the key.
1: It feels like this is a conversation that happens once a year. Like this, this sort of thing happens. Yeah. An I poke and then people start really reacting to it but it doesn't seem like it happens all that often. Like I feel like it could happen more often, and that maybe we should uh, look at things like weight cutting or you know things that are more detrimental to people's health than uh, than gloves before we uh, yeah. start going down that road. But I mean, it's still an issue, of course. And the, you know, Bilal Muhammad was robbed of a really big moment, and uh, I know he's looking to run it back. I think that I think it's the right thing to do, honestly. I mean, I know that there are options, and I know that uh, Leon Edwards is a little bit higher up the food chain. But at the same time, you gave him that opportunity. He didn't do anything wrong. In fact, it was his yeah. opponent that poked him in the eye. He didn't poke his opponent in the eye. I feel like you got to give him an, an opportunity to to get that one back. I, I mean, listen, he lost that first round. Some people were saying it was a 10-8. I thought it was a 10-9. But be that as it may, one round doesn't make a five-round fight. And yeah. Muhammad's a tough guy, a tough out. Uh, you know, I think the right thing to do. I did a poll, and more people want to see Colby Covington fight Edwards, especially now that Usman and uh, Masvidal has been announced. But, uh, yeah, personally, I think that uh, Edwards – and Bilal is the fight you make. You just do it again.
0: Yeah, I mean, Bilal deserves that opportunity. Good company guy, works hard. We know his style as being a wear-you-down-pressure kind of guy. His game plan wasn't it was gaining that momentum to keep coming forward and pressuring. But uh, I think the fact that he stepped up, he, he deserves it. I mean, um, I think he's a, a contender that I think... He showed and will do well. So, yeah, I agree with you. Let it run back quicker than later. What I hate about these quick notice fights, everyone's like, yeah, just run it back in two weeks. Like, well, do you know how much time, mental fatigue, Mm -hmm, exhaustion that was in that weight cut? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, just run it back in two weeks. Well, I just killed myself. Yeah. Yeah. And my body's now. My brain's dehydrated again. Oh, just run it back. It's not that easy, guys. So, like, a run it back to me should be a month at least. Get the guy's body to recover. Let them go back in. That's a quick return for me. Even a month is fast.
1: I'm with you 100%. I think a month is fast. And uh, I think that we also have... The cards are pretty much set in stone right now. I mean, there's not really a whole lot of openings either. I don't I don't know what the fully SBN schedule is, but I feel like there are main events every week. And, I mean, you're not, Bilal wants this, I'm sure, to be a five-round fight. And, I mean, it doesn't seem like that's in the cards right now if you want to do it within a month, maybe two months, three months. Who knows? I mean, they, they still have a schedule yeah. to work around. It's not as easy. I mean, you mentioned it from a fighter standpoint. From a promotional standpoint, it's not that easy either to just, oh, yeah, run it back. They've got schedules. They've got people booked. So, uh, yeah. you know, it's easier said than done. Um, mixed bag for the Canadians last week. Uh, you look at the regional scene. Aaron Jeffrey with a nice win uh, in the main event of CFFC, becoming the CFFC middleweight champion over Colin Huckbuddy. Uh, Jasmine Jazdeviches got a win. Uh, Johan Linus got a win. Uh, so they did well at CFFC. Uh, Adam DeFreitas uh, lost in the in the, uh, the prelims. He's now falls to I believe it's one and two or one and one. But uh, then you go to the UFC. And uh, a loss for Misha Surkinov in the co event to Ryan Spann. Uh, a yeah. loss to Gavin Tucker in 30 seconds to uh, Dan yeah. Ige, a very surprising scary. result. Yeah, very scary knockout. And uh, then you look at Charles Jordan, you know, a very uh, iffy first two rounds. And then the third round, he decides, you know, I'm not going out like this. Gets a, yeah. a, a fantastic highlight reel win over uh, Marcelo Rojo. So, uh, mixed bag for the Canadians, and uh, Elias Theodoro got a win over Matt Dwyer, but a Canadian was winning that fight regardless of who won the fight. It was the first regional yeah. event in Canada. And uh, now we've got Battlefield Fight League uh, coming up uh, this weekend, headlined by uh, Achilles Destemajora, who was on uh, expected to be on the Contender Series last year, and visa issues kept him from doing that, so he's uh, defending his lightweight title there. So, uh, you know, a lot going on in the Canadian scene, and then we... Uh, have uh, this weekend's event headlined by Derek Brunson and Kevin Holland. So uh, we'll get to that in a minute. But the first thing I want to talk about is UFC 261, which will now take place in front of a live crowd at ViStar Memorial Arena in Jacksonville. Full capacity is expected uh, as per the uh, guidelines set forth by the Florida Government and Athletic Commission. And uh, we have a a brand-new headliner that came out of nowhere, Kamaru Uzman versus Jorge Masvidal II. The second yep. outing, you got, nice. uh, you got Jessica Andraj taking on Valentina Shevchenko, and you've got uh, Jean Veili taking on Rose Namajunas. Three titles on the line in front of what could be a sold-out capacity arena in Jacksonville. And I looked at the numbers for Duval County in terms of uh, the coronavirus. They're actually quite low. It's about 90 a day uh, in terms of... Con- okay. Yeah, 90 new cases a day. But that being said, you're going to have a lot of tourism for this event since people are free to travel uh, as they wish throughout the United States.
0: Yeah, and here we are in Canada... Uh, being threatened with a potential third lockdown.
1: Yeah. So this is Numbers great. They're you up know, again, such, man.
0: I mean, it, it's I don't such know an, an opposite spectrum, you know, it's so crazy to see how different parts of the world, are just so open and closed and different. But uh, yeah, I just think it's exciting for the fighters. I think it's a, it's a move in the right direction to get some normalcy back in life and uh yeah just hope it uh it runs well so we can keep doing more live events and then hopefully you know other you know states and provinces and countries start slowly opening the gates mm-hmm, 100% uh
1: and you mentioned another lockdown we're actually currently in lockdown still but uh we're yeah, not we don't yeah. have a stay at home order so so the, yes. the, we're in gray zone which is lockdown and then there there's one step above that is the uh the stay at home order so uh, you know, we're, we're we're still technically in a lockdown. It's just not the worst kind of lockdown. Uh, we we still have stores open uh, and, and stuff like that. But
0: uh, well, it's still the worst lockdown for me. Yeah, gym so, gyms are not open in,
1: in whatever zone it is. The gyms are not open, so it's yes. un- unfortunate. And I guess uh, if if you moved your gym ten minutes down the road, uh, ten minutes east, you'd be open. So it's weird. Yeah,
0: that's it. Can you could uh, you get a temporary times. location
1: if you wanted to in, in Pickering? I mean, I'm sure there's lots of uh, commercial real estate available.
0: I'm not too sure, to be honest with you. I mean, I can go to parks. I mean, eventually parks are going to be yes, open. So. They're talking about letting us train in parks. But that's not martial arts. It's not fun. You're, I mean, you need to be barefoot and pivoting and stepping and feeling. And, I mean, it's uh, it's just not, not made for outdoors. So, we'll see. Changing with the time. But I'll be honest and tell you guys now, nobody needs to go outside. Nobody needs to leave their damn house because bazooka kickboxing has uh, – A monthly subscription site that's gonna let you be able to train from home coming out in april so everyone can stay home and get all the training they want and it's focused mostly on bag work you mentioned right uh it's gonna be bag work and all like stuff that you can do from home so i mean that's the, the best part because uh i'm gonna teach you full martial arts curriculum at home so it's like coming to my classes i'll be adding live workouts classes within so um having my some of my team involved in forums and discussions and questions and answers so we're making a nice uh online team for everyone so that should be out in april
1: all right well we'll uh we'll be sure to keep tabs on that uh hopefully that that launches mm-hmm. uh yeah at the beginning that's that's in in like two weeks joe we got we got uh some big big yeah, stuff of weeks us.
0: yeah mid april mid april we're planning so sometime in april is the plan
1: all right, well uh you finish uh, finish up Passover if you're part of the Jewish community. You gotta be on a a different kind of cut diet. The weight. But then that's you know, that. you cut some weight off uh because you know, you're you're having uh, matzah and it's not gonna let your, your stomach do what it's supposed to do, so it keeps <laughs> everything in there. And then uh eventually Passover ends. You you, you get yeah. everything you, you lose some weight you and then you can over weight. everything. Yeah, exactly. That's it. Yeah. Yeah, just go. don't just Good don't pa- don't pass over the Bazooka online class. That's uh, that's the one that's thing you don't right. want to pass. I over. like that. Yeah, that's right. There we go. We're starting. If, to, if you'd the, like uh, me to be the spokesperson plus. for the Jewish community, I can. We can get some bench ads that say, "Don't pass over the uh, the Bazooka kickboxing don't, ads," and it'll be yeah, me holding, a, holding over a piece the deal. Of matzo. For yeah. It. yeah,
0: I like it. Yeah, I'm into it. All right, I like it. <laughs> well, uh,
1: <laughs> one thing you got to like is uh, Derek Derek Brunson against Kevin Holland. This is a really interesting one that I'm having a lot of trouble getting a bead on. But I think that as an underdog, Derek Brunson, if you look at who Brunson's lost to, he has not lost to a single person that hasn't been a strike force or UFC champion uh, in his in his career uh, outside of I lost to, I guess, Kendall Grove, his first career loss in a title fight, split decision title fight to Kendall Grove. But uh, outside of that, uh, the only non-UFC champion that he's lost to is Jacare, who was a strike force champion. So he's lost to, like, the best of the best guys. And uh, it seems like Kevin Holland is... Not necess- you know,
0: not necessarily one of those guys. He's gonna have
1: to prove it this weekend.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think this is a, an interesting fight because Brunson is this guy where he's consistent. He's probably like, I mean, I'm trying to quickly look at it now, but. I would assume he's one of the most most fights in the UFC. That guy's been consistent. The amount of years he's been putting the time in the levels of opponents he's fought. He's been there for a long time and I think he gets passed over because he doesn't have that loud personality. We hear big mouth Kevin Hall and the noise he makes, the attention, like so he's creates a little bit more attention where Brunson just kinda sits in I'm gonna use the expression, sits in the dark, but he's that a guy that you don't want to fight in the in the dark corner, you know? He, he's consistent, he's strong, he's aggressive, he's fearless, he's experienced. So I I agree with you. I think him as an underdog, is it's going to be a tough fight for for Holland. I think people look past Brunson a lot of times.
1: You mentioned that Brunson gets passed over, so I've got Passover directly embedded in, in your head. mind. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is the thing with Brunson, is he had a lot of uh, issues beating the top guys when he was training himself. He was training in North Carolina, he was running his own camps, uh, he didn't have a lot of quality sparring partners, just you know, kind of up-and-comers in the North Carolina scene. But in recent years, he's moved to Sanford MMA and has become a, a different fighter, a more patient fighter, a more methodical fighter, and a fighter who's able to use all of his tools. And I think that makes him a very dangerous fighter.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. I just Kevin Holland now has just been that fun character for me. But, I mean, the excitement, the fun, the flash, the good finishes. But what wins fight is that Brunson in-your-face grind, no flash, he comes to fight, you know, his chin might be a little high, but he cracks you, pin you up against the cage. He plays the game well, and that's the kind of game you kind of have to bring to Holland. So I think his style actually, you know, shows well against Kevin as well.
1: Yeah. I spoke to both these guys, uh, this past week on the TSN MMA Show interview edition. It's good to, to hear what their mindset is. And, you know, Kevin has just got so much confidence. It's, oh, yeah. You know, it, it, it makes oh, it hard yeah. to pick against him. Like, it, you know, like, I, I, I believe that Brunson probably has not beat everywhere except for speed. I think he's got more power. Mm. I think he's got better wrestling. Um, I think that if this fight goes into deeper waters, that Brunson's going to have the advantage. But when I hear Kevin Holland talk, I get mesmerized. It's like a McGregor yeah. type effect where you just believe what this guy's saying.
0: Yeah and and what my favorite part of his whole fight week lead up was how he does not want to be the main event. He goes, I will be the co-main event star all day every day, but I do not want to fight 5 rounds. 5 rounds is not fun. If, if he even said if Israel Adesanya wants to fight me, leave the belt on, on the side. I'll fight you in the co-main event 3 rounds. 5 rounds is a hard beast and In his fight interviews, he kept saying 25 minutes, 25 minutes. So, I mean, he's got that long pace. He's not a fan of them, which is honestly very similar to me. Like, when I fought kickboxing, like, it's three minutes of three rounds. Like, why would I want to fight five rounds if I could only fight three rounds and go hard out as aggressive as fast as possible? Because my style allowed for that. but. I mean, I think Holland's the same way. Let's go in. Let's fight. Let's make it exciting in the, in, as quick as possible and get the game going. Five rounds, people love it. People get excited. But, I mean, let's be honest. It slows the fight down. It makes you conserve your power and energy. You can't shoot for your takedowns as hard. You can't blast out and try to finish your opponent because you have another three, four more rounds to go. So, I don't always think this five-round main event makes things more exciting. It just makes things slower and more methodical, which is good for the sport at the same time. But if you're looking for action and excitement, three rounds, I would say even what I saw the other day, I was watching quickly, sorry, in that Aaron Jeffrey fight. After four rounds, if the guy is up more than two rounds, they don't go to a fifth round. Which I thought Mm -hmm. was interesting. I never heard of that, which I thought It makes sense.
1: Like when you think about it, it does make sense. I like it. Yeah. I you know a lot of people are like, oh that's dumb. It's like no it's not. (laughs) You're just not thinking about it. You're not just because if somebody's up Let's say you're up three rounds to one going into the fifth round. I mean, the person that is down on the cards doesn't necessarily know that. They're not necessarily going to... First off, these guys are going to be exhausted. But in mm-hmm. the fifth round, if, if you know that it's tied going into the fifth round, that actually makes it a lot more exciting. Because, yeah. uh, if, you know, let's say Huckbody had won two of those rounds. Now you know that whoever wins this round is going to become a champion. But yeah. if Jeffrey's up three rounds to one, even still, you would need a 10-8 to get a draw. I mean, yeah. the, is it really worth it? Like, for if you're if you're a fighter, obviously you want to you you're gonna want to go out there for that fifth round regardless. But I mean, if you know that if you know going into it that you need to win three rounds of the of the four in order to, to become a champion, you should yeah, push yourself. Yeah, go. Yeah, go. Absolutely. Exactly.
0: Yeah, yeah. I don't mind it. It's similar to that, but in a in a smaller level is the Ultimate Fighter show, right? Don't they only go two rounds? If the one guy wins two rounds, there's no third round. Yeah, but those so, are those are exhi- those are it. exhibitions though. Yeah, but I like that format. I don't mind. Yeah. I actually don't mind that format at all. It's like basketball. Like they made, you know, a shot clock on purpose. They want and force action. So I mean, it's not a bad thing. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, for sure. I'm I'm with you. I, you know, it's 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 good to make changes where they make sense. And I think that that is yeah. one. And, and it's not that there's anything wrong with the five round format that the UFC does. I just think that uh, the format that CFFC uses makes a lot of sense, especially on the regional scene. Why make these yeah. guys fight uh- another round if if, if they want to have career longevity?
0: Yeah, I mean, you're that guy, but if I'm that person who's down, you know, the the 3 to 1, I still want that extra round to go. I mean, it's still 5 minutes for me to try to knock you out even though I'm down 3 rounds, right? Okay, four Joe. Rounds, but even. if you,
1: but if you're if you're in the 5th round and let's say the 5th round's over and you're down 3 to 2, you, you want a 6th round too, right? Yeah.
0: And, for then, sure. if you're, you and then if you're down more.
1: if you're down 4 to 2 after the 5th yeah. round, you want two more rounds,
0: right? Yeah. But, I mean, traditionally, it's yeah. always been that five-round kind of thing, you know? Right. So, I, 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 you don't need to add any, but at mm-hmm. least let me fight the required rules, you know? Like, I think there was a soccer game the other day between – it was like a Champions League with uh, Juventus. and bringing in some soccer here, but they ended up scoring like three goals in the last little bit to almost beat the aggregate. I was like, every second counts in sports. So, I mean, if I'm on the losing side, I definitely want the chance, but – I get it. I'm, I'm here more for making the site exciting if possible. I'm actually the person who I'm like, screw the five-minute rounds in MMA. I'd rather go to three-minute rounds in MMA. That's just me. Yeah, I think five I, I don't mind that either. is way too I think long. If you did five four, minutes is too long.
1: I think if you did four three-minute rounds, it would be a much more exciting f- fight. And then for title, fights, title fights, you do yeah. six three-minute rounds or something.
0: Yeah, I agree. Five minutes is way too long. You have to pace yourself, and it takes away a little bit of the action. Yeah. So Even five three-minute rounds is better than you know, a five minute round, anything like that. I mentioned
1: with CFFC and I think LFA should do the same thing with the four rounds with the fifth round, uh, being only if necessary. Like if you become a CFFC champion or an LFA champion, you're likely going to get to a major promotion, be it Bellator or the UFC. Like that's probably your next stop. You did maybe defend the title once or twice, but you're at a high championship level in one of the best regional promotions. If they can give you the option to sign for a four round fight. And then, you know, if it's tied, you go into the fifth round. I think that makes sense.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's something different. I mean, that's why I think things like that just help the sport make it interesting, help people understand, help the fighters be different. I think stuff like that could really make the sport a little bit better. Like, I mean, I couldn't believe that we couldn't use uh, review playback. You know, like, I mean, come on, guys, there's technology. We all have cell phones in our pocket, but we can't look at a review of a fight to see if it's a foul or not. Like, simple things like that, we have to evolve with the time.
1: You know where I really like to see them use replay is with submissions. Like, if a referee calls a submission without a tap and the guy's, like, fine afterwards, I I don't know. I guess if a ref calls a fight, it's over anyways, but I I would like to see something like that. And the reason why I bring that up is because you've got J.P. Bays, or J.P. Bays, rather it's pronounced. uh, He's fighting on the card, and his fight last uh, at the Contender Series last year ended that way. He had Jacob Silva. He had a a guillotine choke on him, and uh, Silva never tapped. Uh, Mark Goddard called the fight, and he popped right out and was like, "I didn't. I never tapped. I was fine." There were like yeah. six seconds left in the round, but you can't use replay in that in that situation. But uh, JP Bays is one to watch this week. There's a lot of good prospects on this card. This is a sneaky good card for prospects. Uh, would you like? Would you like to hear about some of them, Joe? Yeah, I was
0: just going to say because when I'm going through the card, there's it to me. Someone who isn't as uh, advanced in knowing the fighters as you are, it doesn't look like the most exciting card to me. So this is where I like to kind of. Keep an eye on those prospects. That I actually love this
1: card. Like it just, just from the All matchup right. standpoint, I love this card. So let's go okay, down the ladder. I'm not even sure what the co-main event is for this, this card, but uh, I think Holland Brunson, of course, kind of speaks for itself. You've got Cheyenne Bays, who's actually the, uh, the wife of J.P. Bays. They're making their debuts together as husband and wife on a card, which is really cool. She's taking on uh, Monteserrat Ruiz. And Montessorat Ruiz, I think, is the champion of Combate uh, America. She's, she's a champion of a good okay. you know, look-it-up um but she she's actually a sizable underdog in that one but uh uh ruiz I'm, I'm just uh, I'm just punching her up cuz I remember she was from uh she's 9 and 1 like good record from Mexico uh she was actually the she she won an in invicta so I don't, maybe she wasn't the champion but she uh oh she was the champion of XFL not okay. the
0: fo-
1: not the football league the uh, the fighter the fighting league but <laughs> uh she is coming off a a win in Invicta, she had lost uh, by decision to Danielle Taylor, and Cheyenne Bays is a, is a really talented fighter as well. Um, she's on a, a four-fight win streak. She won on the Contender Series uh, by unanimous decision. So uh, she, I remember after her fight, she walked up to Dana White and was like, "Follow me on Instagram," and he followed her. <laughs> but uh, yeah,
0: it's a this, good follow to get.
1: Yeah, this should this should be a good one. Um, I think that they're both really good up-and-coming fighters. You've got Harry Hunsucker, who just took the fight yesterday against Tai Boss. I don't know much about him, but I saw in his uh, profile picture he had, like, two belts around his, around, uh, his shoulders. But uh, he actually mm-hmm. lost to uh, Jared Vandera on the Contender Series. So uh, he he ends up getting a short-notice call-up here. Uh, Macy Shasson versus uh, Renault. I think Shasson is one of the top prospects in the women's bantamweight division. Certainly one to watch. Uh, And we'll see if Renault still has anything at 43 years of age. This next fighter I really have my eye on. I think he has the potential to be a top 10. Don't
0: say anything. Don't say anything. I'm going to say who it is because he's one of my favorite guys. Grant Dawson. No. Grant Dawson's not a bantamweight, Joe. Grant Grant Dawson's a lightweight. Lightweight. No, but I mean, I'm just when you... Okay, keep going.
1: All right, Adrian Yanez. This guy's like a mini Jorge Masvidal. He looks like Jorge Masvidal and kind of fights like Jorge Masvidal too. He's taking on Gustavo Lopez. Lopez looked really good uh, also. In his uh, in his fight, uh, last time around he fought um, against uh, what's his name. He's fighting next weekend. Um, hold on, he's fighting against. Uh Why can't I find who who it is? I, I don't. Know. Oh, Burchak, Anthony Burchak. It just came to me. He fought Anthony Burchak, who's his teammate, on short notice. Burchak got a call up to the UFC. He said to. Lopez, he said, listen, I got a call. I have, I've been asked to fight you. Like, what do you want to do? And he said, take it. Take the fight. <laughs> so they ended Let's up do fighting. It. Lopez All ended right. up getting a first-round finish. And uh, Lopez is a talented guy. But I, I really think Adrian Yanez is is uh, a real future player in this division. We'll see if he proves Beautiful. me right. Um, and uh, then you've got Max Griffin against Song Kanan. I like this one a lot. Song Kanan, good knockout power, up-and-coming Asian fighter, uh, Chinese fighter, uh, taking on Max Griffin. Uh, and then mm. J.P. Bays, who I mentioned, against Bruno Silva. I, I like J.P. Bays a lot. This, co- this kid has fantastic wrestling. He's a world champion in wrestling from South Africa. Trains with Saif Sayud uh, alongside his wife uh, and a lot of other great fighters. Taking on Bruno Silva. I, I love him in this fight. He's a minus 145 favorite. Uh, that would be my, my top recommendation. Your pick beat. of the yeah, day. Yeah. All right. Yeah, against Bruno okay. Silva, who I believe is the younger brother of um, – uh, what's his name? He's a big prospect. Last name Silva from the UFC. Why am I blanking on his name? He was a big prospect. Thiago Silva. No, uh, Eric. Uh, no, not Eric Silva. Yeah, Eric uh, Silva. Eric Silva. Oh, Eric younger Silva, brother of yeah, Eric Silva. Very
0: young, very aggressive. Okay. Yeah. Well, he's not yeah.
1: young anymore, but he was for a time when he was a top. A top yeah, when he first came in. Yeah yeah. yeah. yeah.
0: He was just. I loved watching that guy. So us. he's. I, like the, Eric I believe Silva. he's
1: the younger brother of Eric Silva, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, and then you've got uh, Julia Avila taking on uh, uh, Julia Stoliarenko. uh was uh, a fighter on the Contender series. Ended up losing. Uh, then one, I believe it was the Invicta championship on the regional scene.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And then, uh, has since come back. She lost to Yanakuniskaya. She's a big underdog in this fight, but she's really fun to watch. Uh, I think you, she's,
0: Ukrainian, I'm assuming.
1: Ukrainian, but from Lithuania. Okay. Um, if it ends with Enko, it's typically a Ukrainian last name, but I think she's yeah. from Lithuania. Uh, and then your guy, Grant Dawson, taking yeah, on Leonardo Santos. Yeah. Leonardo Santos. Leonardo yeah. Santos, I think has never lost. I think he's undefeated, if I'm not mistaken. And I think he's been an underdog in like every single one of his fights. He was an underdog yeah. against Kevin he's Lee, big and
0: strong, yeah. knocked out
1: Kevin Lee. Uh, was an underdog against Tony Martin. Uh, he was a favorite against Efren Escudero. So I mean, but I think his last couple of fights, he was a favorite, I guess, against Stevie Ray. Oh, actually, sorry, he's been a favorite in recent fights, but he's a, he's an underdog this time around against uh, Grant Dawson. Dawson moving up to lightweight. He was cutting a ton of weight to make uh, featherweight. So let's see how he looks there. But Santos is just fantastic jiu-jitsu.
0: Yeah. Because I saw Grant, when I watched Grant Dawson, I saw him with uh, James Krause as well. And I just, when I saw him, I was like, honestly, man, I was like, I am so impressed with you. Like, you look like such a young, little, innocent high school kid. And the way you manhandled, I don't even know who he fought last time, but his wrestling, his pressure, the way he manhandled his opponent, I was so impressed. So I, I told him, I was like, man, I'm, between him and James, I, I pumped the the tires on Grant Dawson pretty good. So Kids talented. Yeah, he's just so well-rounded. I mean, it's going to be interesting because Santos
1: is like in his 40s, and you've got like a oh, yes. young up-and-comer against uh, against Santos. But
0: Santos has such. How good... old is Dawson? I keep calling him like a kid, but he's probably not no kid. It's just my reaction of saying. But I would say 24, 25, he's I 39, year, older than 39 right? years old. Thirty nine No, I'm, I'm yeah. just joking. He's 27. Grand Dawson's only third. 27? 27. Okay, he's
1: not yeah. a kid. Then. Yeah, ah, he's, he's a, he's a kid. kid in terms of MMA. Do you know how, how many champions are there right now, Joe, that are under the age of 30 in the UFC?
0: Uh, I don't think many because I heard something about it the other day, Zero, but, uh,
1: okay. There Zero you go. champions in their 20, right? So if you're under 30, you're a kid in the UFC. All right. Crack. Like Char- Charles Jordan's a kid.
0: Yes. Okay.
1: Yeah. I see that. I see that. Santos just turned 41. So we'll see how he does against Dawson. 14 year age gap.
0: 41. Yeah. He's hitting Yoel Romero status here.
1: He sure is. Well, uh, he's, he's getting up there. Renault is 43 and she's on the card.
0: Well, it's beautiful to see.
1: I like it. Leonardo Santos has not lost a fight in 12 years.
0: Mm. Well, he's in for a tough one with he Mr. Is. Dawson here. Let's see. Let's I went see from the kid to calling him Mr. Dawson now. You see that? It says his sibling. Oh, I didn't realize he's uh, he's
1: related to Wagny Fabiano. I didn't realize that Fabiano. I think it's Fabiano Fabiano's his brother. Really? Mm. Yeah, it's- it says they're siblings. Interesting. Maybe they're, maybe they're
0: brother-in-laws or something.
1: I think is Wagner Fabiano. Fabiano still in Toronto? Uh,
0: I believe so. Yeah. I believe he teaches at uh, Extreme Couture. All right, yeah, very talented guy, Wagner Fabiano. Yeah, uh, my, my from people tell me he is probably uh, the best jiu-jitsu practitioner in Canada, hands down. Who lives? I mean, he's Brazilian or whatever, but hands down, he's probably who lives in Canada our best Brazilian you know, jujitsu. Fabiano's got to so. be up there, Bibiano Fernandez. Yeah, he's out in, uh, he's in BC DC there, but uh, yeah, he'd probably be closer up there. But I mean, I think Wagney might have the highest. He must be the highest degree the
1: highest black belt. Thing or yeah, something. Yeah, something, something like,
0: like that. Something but lines. a lot of the jiu guys really, really put uh, Wagney as one of the top. Yeah, As they should. Uh, all right. Uh, yeah. Brad Riddell, the uh,
1: striking coach of City Kickboxing, taking on Gregor Gillespie. Gillespie returning for the first time since that bad knockout against Kevin Lee.
0: Yeah, I mean, that was scary. and. And even in that fight, I think Gillespie was a favorite in that fight, too, wasn't he? He was, yeah. He was a favorite. Yeah, so, I mean, uh, hopefully his head recovered. And, I'd, uh, I mean, Brad Riddell, I mean, good, uh, I'm assuming his striking uh, versus wrestler matchup here. Yeah,
1: well, the problem with Riddell is he fought Magomed Mustafaev, got taken down eight times in that fight. And if you're getting taken down eight times by Mustafaev, Gregor Gillespie should be able to take this guy down at will. Like, Gillespie was uh, an NCAA Division One champion in wrestling.
0: Yeah. Do you like the uh, minus two fifty
1: for Gillespie or I like Gillespie by decision. He... Gillespie by decision is yeah. plus two twenty. At least it was yesterday. Uh that, that number it's plus two thirty now. That number really surprises me because uh Riddell is really tough. I mean if there's one thing about Riddell you give him give him a lot of credit for, he's really tough, he's very uh, tough out. I think that Gillespie will win by decision, but uh yeah. let see how it goes.
0: Yeah, I mean an interesting fight. I mean, I guess Eugene Behrman's just stayed in Vegas for Riddell, or is Riddell— Yeah, I would imagine so. And I think Volkanovski's actually out there with him, too, if I'm not not
1: mistaken. Okay. Uh, Jesse Strader taking on uh, Montel Jackson. I believe he took this fight on short notice as well. Jackson, a minus 650 favorite. Steep.
0: Yeah. Yeah, what's, big. What's... I met Jack. He's a nice guy, quiet guy, but very nice. I got to meet him uh, at the Las Vegas fights.
1: Yeah, Jackson by KO is say. minus one thirty. That's not a bad that's not a bad line if you like Jackson in that fight. But uh, yeah, he trains out in uh, in Wisconsin, not with Rufus, but with the, that other really good camp out there. The name I forget with Zach Otto and um...
0: yeah, they're super cool team. They're yeah. very nice guys.
1: Yeah, forget what it's we called. actually.
0: Our rooms were actually uh, close to each other, so we kept running into each other. Yeah, he's
1: a, he's a good dude. His uh, main training partner I believe is Oday Osborne. And Oday looked fantastic in his last fight.
0: Oh, yeah. I I, I cuz at one point Malcolm was matched with Oday and I just kind of peeked at Oday and I was like this kid is something special. Oday is something special. Kid's good. And he's a teacher, too, which I kind of liked as well. He's mm-hmm. a high school or yeah, an he's, elementary yeah, school he's like a, teacher. He's, he's like a Bazooka Joe playbook. Yeah, that's teaching. it. He's coming there. and He's knocking people out, right? That's what you want to do if you're going to take that bazooka status. Knock people out. And he does that. And he's a smaller guy, too. So I think he's going to be a, a contender very soon.
1: Uh, you've got Robin Delidze from Georgia. Minus 130 against Trevin Giles. Uh, that's an interesting one. I know that uh, a lot of people believe Delidze is a really good up-and-coming fighter. I think he trains, actually, at Extreme yeah. Couture.
0: Yeah, uh, big boy too.
1: Yeah, very big for the division, and Giles thick. is pretty big for the division too.
0: Yeah, very thick when I saw him.
1: And that's uh, that's it for this weekend's card. I, I, I like I said, I just think that there's a lot of really fun fighters on this card. This is this is a sleeper card, you know. Well, every you now, hype
0: me up, you hype me up.
1: Good. Well, you were gonna watch it anyways, but uh... yeah, of course.
0: <laughs> but sometimes it's how I pay attention to the fight, right? So sometimes, like, I book social events and I'll watch in the background. Then I'll go back and watch but uh when it's a super uh, good card i need to dial in i try to keep everyone away from me so this one i'll probably watch with some guests
1: did did, did you hear the rumor that uh, michael chandler and justin Gaethje are going to fight i mean i i heard that uh i think helwani and uh and and dc were talking about that but i also uh read a rumor that they might be doing chandler versus oliveira for the title so I, there's a lot uh there's a lot of uh, interesting yeah. interesting rumors here
0: but michael chandler in the in the
1: center of all of them
0: yeah, I just heard Chandler uh very confident that he's gonna get Khabib out of retirement. That was the last yeah, I heard of him. So yeah, good luck. But I mean, hey, bring your confidence, bring it bring the heat, do what you can. But uh yeah, I mean I'm just excited. I mean, I hope this lightweight division uh starts going. What was the what was the one fight that I was heard that I was excited for? It was uh Tony Ferguson against somebody. Uh yeah, against Benil Darius. Beneath Darius, yes. That that fight surprised me a little bit that Tony Ferguson jumped on someone like that. But the way we've seen well, I uh, mean, Darius fight, it it's makes all sense, violence. Though.
1: It makes sense, though, because if you're Ferguson, this is the exact fight that will tell you where you're at. Like, if he loses to Beneath Darius, there's, I don't think there's any chance of him getting back into the title picture. Not that there's anything wrong like against Darius. Darius is an awesome fighter who can certainly win that fight. But yeah. I think that this is a good one for Tony Ferguson to face somebody who I, I think a lot of people uh, respect. A lot of people think is a top 10 lightweight, but is not a top 5 lightweight. Is not somebody who's really at that upper echelon. A guy who can get to that upper echelon for sure. But if you want yeah. to get to that upper echelon, you need to be the Tony Ferguson. And I think that this is yeah. a, a smart matchup for Tony Ferguson.
0: Yeah, I don't, I don't mind it. I mean, Darius is dangerous, but you got to remember, he, he gets hit a lot, right? In, in the beginning of his fights, he almost gets knocked out. And then comes back and then does the big knockout damage himself. So with someone like Tony Ferguson, who's durable, sits in your face, like just all excitement. I mean, I think there's going to be a lot of blood, a lot of damage because the way they move. But I think this is, uh, like you said, I think if Ferguson can come out of this look good, we know where he stands. And I mean, it's going to be a tough one. I I, I really think Darius is is just fun to watch. And I think in anything, it's an exciting fight.
1: Is it a three-round fight? I'm checking right now, actually, just to see. Where is uh, it I think so. May 15th. Is that... Uh, it's a, yeah, on UFC 262, that would be a three-round fight. That that makes that a way better fight, honestly. I think. That, yeah. okay. I like that much more. It goes than back to our,
0: what we said earlier about three rounds being better than five, and this is one of those examples where three is better than five.
1: Yeah, for sure. Sometimes five is better than three. Like I, I like for, for like fights that are going yeah, to determine yeah. a title challenger, I always like uh, a five-round fight. Um You've also uh, got uh, Kelvin Gastelum stepping in for Paulo Costa, meeting Whitaker April seventeenth. That's that's in about a month's time. H- mm-hmm. How about that for Gastelum? Because if Gastelum wins this fight, he might he might get a title shot. Like this guy was an afterthought, like a month ago before he won his last fight. Uh, yeah, I, I think that this is fantastic news for if you're Kelvin Gastelum, this gets you right back into the mix.
0: Yeah, I mean, no easy task, but uh, I mean, coming off last notice, but. Uh... Well, why I mean, not? hey, if anyone I mean, can take a short not? notice
1: fight at middleweight, I mean, Gaslam could probably make 185 yeah.
0: tomorrow. The, the the big thing is why not? You're in you're in it for the championship. You got this opportunity. You jump on it. Let's go, man. I think Kelvin Gaslam. I mean, that one slip up, even the, the slip up though, like I mean, it was a loss to Izzy, got submitted by Hermanson, which hey, it happens, you know. So I mean, he's still up there, and he still, I think, is in the deserving rank to take that opportunity.
1: And if you remember, that fight was hours away from happening. They were in Australia, and uh, Robert Whitaker got that infection and had to pull out the day of the fight.
0: Well, it's meant to be.
1: Yeah, remember the main event ended up being uh, Izzy versus uh, Anderson Silva. Uh, So very interesting uh, turn of events. Gastelum uh, stepping in, and and that win over Ian Heinisch, great win. But uh, this is this is the one for Kelvin Gastelum because if he can slow down Whitaker's momentum since losing the title, I think you got to. I yep. mean, everybody's going to want to see a, re- a rematch between him and Izzy. If you remember that yep. first fight, I mean, yep. so this is a great opportunity for Gastelum to get right back at it.
0: And the other thing is, I mean, Izzy didn't seem overly excited to want to fight Whitaker again, which is good. If I mean, if Gastelum could make some excitement, and get the win, at least there's another fun contender. Um, because right now, Izzy's just hoping for Darren Till to win, right? So if at least there's another name, more spark in the division. It makes that middleweight division uh, back and exciting again.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And not that it wasn't, but I, I don't think that anybody's really, you know, begging to see Paulo Costa get a rematch against uh, Israel. I think that the, the Gastelum yeah. gave Israel the most that anybody, uh, of any opponent, uh, has at middleweight. So uh, yeah. let's see how that one goes. Um, I spoke to uh, Triple C light last week. And, okay. Uh, I like his approach. I mean, I don't love the gimmick. I mean, he was in full character when I was talking to him. Sadly, but uh, I've got to say that uh, his approach to the game right now is great. He's just—he's retired, but he's not retired okay. really. He's just waiting for the right amount of money. Like he—he he wants to fight with Volkanovski for uh, to try to win a third title. He, but he also says he'd fight Aljo, he'd fight Jan. But he—he he retired basically because he's not getting enough money. He—he—he he, uh, mm-hmm. he wants to um, get paid. And I think that he, of course, is worth it. I think he's, I think if you look at the, the best combat sports athletes in the lower weight classes, bantam weight, flyweight, you've got to put his name in that conversation. Uh, with Demetrius Johnson, with TJ Dillashaw, with Dominic Cruz. I mean, all those th- – I, I just mentioned the three guys I just mentioned. He's beaten all three of them, right? So Sojudo, uh, yeah. I think, is uh, somebody who is worth the money. But he also is basically acknowledging what he feels his worth is. And he's not – this is the thing. And, and George St. Pierre did this. When you walk away from the game and everybody's calling your name, you are now in a position of power because you don't need to come back. He doesn't need to come back. But yeah. You know, if you're in a situation where everybody's calling your name, that means that there's demand and you're creating demand and people like to see somebody um you know, somebody get uh this kind, of, you know, this kind of uh, of a call out. Like they they want to see people call out Suudo and but you know i think the ufc also have the privilege of being able to wait and see and see if there, there's any
0: reason to bring him back yeah i mean if you're retired you still need to keep your brand alive with gsp he's been you know playing with a comeback all the time we always think gsp's in the picture he's always a chance for gsp to come back it's just the the way of keeping your brand alive keep it interesting keep it relevant and I think Triple C is doing a good job. He took a picture with Aljo. He's talking now. He's telling people he might come back. So he's playing the right move as a retired athlete who left on top. But this and is the problem. It's great. The problem is
1: GSP promised Dana White that he would defend the middleweight title when he came, if he won it against Bisping. He came back. He won it. Cashed out and left. Improved yeah. his legacy and left the UFC hanging. Right now, if Cejudo comes back and ends up beating Volkanovsky, for example, becoming a, three, a triple C plus one, triple, quadruple C, uh, and then just walks away, the UFC now have like a vacant title. That, you know, he's improved his legacy, but what's in it for the UFC? So if they look at Cejudo and say, well, we, we you know, fool me once, shame on me, fool me. Or fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. They don't want to be in this exact same situation
0: exactly. that GSP put them in. Yeah, I mean, that's a fair point. Very fair point. I mean, but I mean, why not? Does he deserve a chance at that opportunity? I think he does. I mean, no one has ever gone to achieve something crazy like that, you know. So, like, if you were to fight Volkanovski, like, who has attempted that? Nobody. So, I mean, for, and I think he's the way he fights, his strategy, his mindset. You can do good against any weight class, you know, within reason, obviously.
1: Yeah, but but I mean, listen, if if they end up doing that fight, I think that. Um ultimately, you know, they, they've got to determine how many people are interested.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I think it would be there. I mean, it's a it first. I mean, I think anytime there's a first like that, it's like when I heard Israel say if he would have won the light like, heavyweight, he would have Went and challenged right away against like a steeping, which I think is absolutely crazy. But that was his mindset to be that first to try something like that. So for Sahudo, why not try it? At least you know, at least put the the energy out there, the put the the vibe, and see if he can catch it.
1: Yeah. So would you would you um like how interested would you be? How how interested do you think people would be in a Sahudo return?
0: I think they would be very interested. You got to think like. Three-time world champion. To me, that excites me to see if he can do something like that. That's that's crazy to me. Three division world champion to accomplish. I think. I mean, why not? GSP had that opportunity. He left on top. Olympic gold medalist. I think you have to almost. I think you have to. I honestly, I honestly think why not? I'm I'm a why not. In this, well, the uh, in the this issue topic. here
1: though is you've got a pretty deep cue in
0: the uh, featherweight division. That's cool. Go win go win two world titles and an Olympic medal, then tell me. You know, like I mean he's got he's got <laughs> some enough. bread, you know. I'm sorry. You win two world titles and then tell me about your bantam weight list or you know, no, or your feather list. No, I that man deserves a shot if he wants it. He's done so much for the company. He's won two world titles for you. If he wants a shot at it and the current champion agrees and it's not overly holding up, I think if anything, it should be more of the champ saying, Hey, we can put this on the line, but we have to promise in language that you will defend your title within a certain time. And maybe in the meantime, you put like a contendership fight. So at least the, the guys upcoming have, okay, if I win this fight, I'll take the winner of that. So you kind of build something like that if you're going to do it.
1: Yeah, that, that's fair enough. Um, so you, you look at uh, this weekend's card. What do you think for Kevin Hall, it would mean for Kevin Holland to win?
0: Well, I'm riding the Kevin Holland train because I I like the excitement. I think it's fun. I think he'll, I think his game plan is honestly should be moving, keep the distance, see how his striking goes. But I think a win here, I think we see him in some of the bigger fights. I honestly can see him, you know, punching some of the top guys in the division. I mean, I want to see him fight some of the bigger names. I think after his Jacare win, he kind of deserved that. But uh, if you look at the middleweight division, some fun names for him, if you go up the line, I'd like to see a lot of them. I know Uriah Hall doesn't really excite me, but Gaslam, uh, Hermanson, Vittori, uh, I don't know where Candanier is. Is he back?
1: Candanier, I I don't know what his status is, to be honest. I'm not 100% certain.
0: But all of those fights, what about with Paulo Costa being out now? You know, when he makes a return and Kevin Holland gets a good win, you may be trying to match those two. I think he puts himself um, in a fight with someone probably in the top five with a win.
1: Yeah, I'm with you on that. And uh, basically, Brunson said the same thing. He thinks he's one way, one win away from a title shot if he wins this fight. And I think that you can say the same for Kevin Holland.
0: Yeah, I think both are. And I think it's it's, uh, it's a good position for these guys because everyone seems to be matched. Everyone's good timing uh, for the division. So, um, I think they're in good positions. Well the problem
1: is for uh for the middleweight division is if you're a contender, Israel's basically beaten you. The only ones that he hasn't beaten are Holland and Till. Like if you if you go yeah. down the, the list, you got Gastelum, Whitaker, Costa, Brunson, uh, Vittori, he's beaten all five of those guys already.
0: Yeah, and that just honestly, just by process of elimination, you're in a good position. People don't want to see the same fights again. So, hey, make a good fight, make it exciting get Izzy's attention because I think right now for some reason it's like I mean a lot of champions just wait for the contender but Izzy's the guy that's so vocal about picking who he wants next he he plays his cards you know he doesn't let the the cards come to him so he's always in control so the fact that he's never fought him I mean Till Till's in the best position he could ever be in the champ asked him before a fight that he's next so I think um, with uh, Kevin Holland in his mouth, he can talk his way into a, to a title fight faster than probably most people could. So who would you be most
1: interested in seeing Israel fight next in middleweight? Like if you could just choose, doesn't matter who or like why, it's not, not for the fans, just for you personally, which matchup would you like to see the most?
0: That's pretty tough, but uh, I think Darren Till. I think I have to see Darren Till because I'm a big believer in to make Izzy fight fun and to make him re- really have that nice style. But the problem is Till's a southpaw, a little awkward, so it could be a really jammed, slow fight. But I just think as a striker, um, two good, the two best strikers in the division, I, I think Till, to be honest. I think they would talk. They'd be fun.
1: I think my answer would you? surprise most people. I would like to see the Vittori rematch. I thought Vittori came close to beating him the first time. Now it's a five-round fight, and I think Vittori has evolved a lot since then. It's not that Israel hasn't, but... I just think that that would be the most intriguing matchup. Like, if you were to say, of all the people right now, who do you think has the best chance of beating Israel? I would say it's Vittori, of all the people that, that we have uh, at Middleweight. I think a lot of people will disagree with that. And, you know, maybe maybe yeah. I'll have people calling me. I had a guy on Monday, Joe, send me an Instagram private message saying, you're an idiot for scoring the fight for for Israel. This Monday, like this week, we've had, still. We've hey, had an event. You're
0: still listening, though. No? I actually yeah, responded to this
1: one. I didn't respond to any of them. I responded to this one. And I just wrote, you're late to the game, buddy. You should probably get a hobby. And I just That's blocked it, him. Yeah. Like, I'm going to get the last word on this one. It, yeah. it's, if you're going to shoot your shot, I understand if it's the day after. Let me lick my wounds a little bit. I'm done licking my wounds. If you want to tell and me I'm was an on today. Too. Yeah, on Instagram. Yeah. I, got, I, I saw the message yesterday because I'm, I'm not that active on Instagram either. I checked it yesterday. was yesterday's Wednesday, so it, it was sitting there for two days. So the guy didn't get his immediate response that he wanted. And I said, yeah. listen, buddy, you're late to the game on this one. You should have better things to do than, than giving me your terrible late take. Go get a hobby.
0: Yeah, that's and then it. I blocked him. And, and do it private, it. too. Say it out loud, buddy.
1: Come on. Yeah. Tell him, say it to my face. No, he did say it to my face. He sent it to me privately. That's fine. Good for you. <laughs> but okay. listen, well, we've already had an event since then. We had an event, not, not just an event since then, but two days prior to that message being sent. So we're talking like yeah. eight days, eight days later, you're sending me the seven, sorry, nine days later, you're sending me this message. It's like, dude, yeah. like, why are you still thinking about this? Like, why is this on your mind?
0: Yeah. Hey, he's thinking about you. And he's maybe he listened to the TSN MMA podcast because he was a week late and he heard our conversation on it and he wanted to tell you how displeased he was with you. So well, I, listen, eh.
1: if you think I'm a dummy, you're probably not listening to this podcast. If you are, exactly. if you think I'm a dummy and you're listening to this podcast, I don't know what that says about you.
0: Yeah. And if you do, please don't listen. Yeah. If that's the case. Yeah. Well, no, well, no, actually, no, no, actually no, actually, do listen. Actually do listen. Because listen, they might want yeah. to listen for me. They might want to listen for me. They might think you're the idiot. But I'm the, but I might be the idiot. And you might be the good guy. So, regardless, listen to
1: us. Well, I remember when Howard Stern back in the day, uh, they, they looked at metrics for his listeners, and it was like the people that hated him listened to it more than the people that liked him. So, Hey, if you yeah. want to if you want to give us that designation, please by all means. Uh, and like Just I've been saying recently, you know we don't we don't ask for anything in return for doing the show. We're not on Patreon or anything like that. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Not yeah. that there's anything wrong with that. Lots of great journalists out there you sh- should support on Patreon. However, I will say that uh, all we ask in return is for you to rate and review the show. Uh, it helps us out a lot. It helps uh, boost our uh, our visibility on iTunes. So uh, please do that. Uh, Joe, thanks for this. We'll we'll talk next week. We'll see what how uh, the fight between uh, Brunson and Holland plays out. Plus next week, got a lot to discuss. Heavyweight title up for grabs at UFC 260. Boom. Yeah. Uh, featherweight title up for grabs at UFC uh, UFC 260. Pretty stacked card, and uh, we'll we'll discuss that next week. Thanks for this, Joe, and we'll uh, we'll talk then.
0: Awesome guys, we'll see you soon. Thanks for listening to the TSN MMA Show. For all the latest UFC news, visit tsn.ca/ufc. slash